0: Welcome back, ladies and gents. We got another jam-packed episode of Baller Island. On this episode, we'll recap Week 10 in the NFL. Five games came down to the wire. We will break all of those down and the rest of the headlines from Week 10, including the Cleveland Browns losing Deshaun Watson for the season huge news there for the six and three Browns we'll dive into that we'll get to our week 10 winners and losers and of course make our predictions for week 11 in the NFL we'll also talk a little NBA as well the in-season tournaments in full swing we'll get to that and much more so keep it locked a lot of football a lot of basketball content coming your way and don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis Welcome back to another episode of Baller Island, friends. Jay Sahota, Balalahi, you know the deal. We got a lot of basketball to cover and a lot of football to cover as it was another wild week in the NFL. A crazy week 10. Five games came down to the wire. That led to a game-winning field goal. Some crazy upsets, including Denver over Buffalo, Cleveland over Baltimore, and Houston. (laughs) Keeping it rolling as they upset the streaking Bengals, and then we've also got a lot of headlines to cover here Deshaun Watson out for the year big news there for the six and three Browns the Bills fired Ken Dorsey and unfortunately B we are gonna have to get to the benching of Mac Jones at some point but I know we want to start with the hardwood B's got a lot to talk about in the NBA so B I'll let you go ahead with that
1: uh, I just wanted to go through real quick on uh, my biggest takeaway so far. Every team's played around 10 games so far in the NBA. Um, what's kind of surprised me? I'm not going to talk much Celtics. Um, Porzingis has looked really good, though. He's looked really, really good. And the Celtics, they're kind of doing what I expected them to do. Um, but surprisingly, like, these are my biggest surprises so far. One is Tyrese Maxey in Philly. Um, Tyrese Maxey's averaging 28-7. and 7 He's just on fire. Um, and Philly's sitting at 8-2 and two right now. They beat my Celtics the other day. They're looking like the best team in the East. I mean, they're playing like, the, you know, them and the Celtics are the top two teams in the East right now. And uh, Tyrese Maxey's looking like the best guard in the East. All that talk about game and whoever and Drew, but Maxey's really looking like that guy. And it's almost like they got rid of Harden and it was like, boom. Thank goodness. Let's let Maxie get to his full potential and he's dude he's looking like all-star starter kind of level um what he's doing right now i'm super surprised at how well it's gone early on in philly uh my number two i got tyrese halliburton um with indiana i thought indiana was gonna be kind of solid this year but dude the way they're playing right now sitting at seven and four around the four seed um they're exceeding a lot of people's expectations, and Halliburton's averaging 25 and 13 assists right now. Jeez. He's looking like prime Chris Paul. Like, that Pacers team's got no talent, but he's just he's just making everybody look better than they are. And you got Rick Carlisle over there. It's just like a good head coach, point guard, little setup you got there in, in Indiana. Um, so those two guards in the East, two young guys that are just – they're, they're taking over at the guard position in the East. Like, that, they, the East guards, they run through those two guys right now. Um, and then on the West side, Anthony Edwards, dude. I, I've i watched Minnesota play a handful of times this year already. And Anthony Edwards has been, like, amazing. He's averaging, I think, 29 a game or something crazy. Minnesota's sitting at 8-2 in the West. And – what well, I saw him do against the Celtics a couple days ago where he basically locked up Tatum at the end and was talking all this kind of crap and he was scoring on him too. I was like, Holy hell. And then they played the Warriors the next day. Um, and Raymond was talking all this Yang to him. He's like, what you going to do about it? What you going to do about it? Anthony Edwards scores like eight points in a row, takes over that game and they win that game too. Um, so I've been high on Anthony Edwards for a while, and it looks like this year, this is the year. No, he's coming out like this is the start of his prime right now. Anthony Edwards finally like it looks like, oh my God, he's about to be one of the best players in the league by the end of this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to follow up on some of your some of your takes here, I'll start with Philadelphia. And I think the only reason why you had the Sixers so much lower than I did is because you thought of the whole James Harden situation there and you're like there's so much bad voodoo and negativity around that that you thought the Sixers were just going to tank from that well James Harden is no more from Philadelphia and the Sixers are thriving so I think that has a lot to do with that whole situation as for for Tyrese Halliburton yeah he's literally the only thing going for Indiana so the question is how sustainable is that going to be because at some point they're going to need someone else to step up Going back to Tyrese Maxi, I knew he was having a good year, but t- dude, he dropped fifty like the, the other mm, he, week. Dude, the other day, I mean, <clears throat> holy he's shit! Looking
1: like he's looking like, uh, I mean, him and Embiid playing off each other because Max is one of the fastest players in the league. Um, oh and yeah. it looks like he's gotten his his three ball going like real well so far to start. I don't know how you can guard that that pick and roll between them two because it's just <laughs> so much speed off the block or. So much force with Embiid. It's like it's it's something completely different than what Harden was giving him.
0: I mean, damn, bro. 50 points. I mean, that's that is pretty nuts. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised the Sixers are thriving the way that they are right now. But damn, yeah, if Tyrese Maxey is if he can keep this up for the rest of the season, that's gonna be huge for Philadelphia going forward. Um, well, where's it gonna go next? The Timberwolves. I'm shocked they've won seven in a row. Shocked they won seven in a row. I mean, yeah, you've been way more higher on Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves, to be honest, in general than I have.
1: I'm not been
0: very sold on them, but if uh,
1: I love Anthony Edwards for a couple of years now, for like the last yeah, years, no, you been have in my in my mix. I love that dude.
0: Oh yeah, no, he is so much fun to watch without without a doubt. The dude's awesome, but I'm just more worried about the rest of the Timberwolves. But the fact that they've won seven in a row here, that's impressive, and they're not the only ones. But how about the the Rockets after mm-hmm. starting off zero and three? They've now ripped off six in a row. So a few surprises here. And what I will say is so far, my take on the Clippers being the number one seed looks absolutely disastrous at the moment. Um, So I will own to that right now. And the other one, I think that's a bit, I mean, not totally surprising because here's one thing B that I think you and I both forgot at the beginning of the year was John Moran's suspension. I think you and I forgot about that when we were making our picks at the beginning of the year. Because if I did that, if I had remembered that, I don't know if I would have had the Grizzlies in the playoffs. Period. And Dude, they are had, hurting.
1: No, but see, I I still because they had. I mean, I thought they were going to be able to coast through it. I mean, I I mean, at least survive. You have Marcus Smart there running the one. You have you know I mean Desmond Baines has been really good this year too. But I thought you know Smart was going to hold it down a little bit. You, know, you still have Derek Rose come off the bench, and, and it's still a solid team. I just yeah they, they are playing. Awful. And I think, dude, Jaron Jackson, he's just been so bad over the summer in, like, Team USA ball. Last year at the end, he was just awful. Really since that um, playoff series where he kind of got exposed. And then this year, he's been awful as well. I mean, I don't know what's – I think uh, the ship has sailed on him being any kind of third star between uh, after Bain and Ja.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and the, I think the last thing I wanted to say there was I, I Halliburton's an amazing player and he's having a great season. But this, I don't know, prime CP three might be a little bit of a just, little, just, little bit of a stretch. Just
1: there. the way he's facilitating, dude. He's looking fair like, enough. Fair enough. I have not seen a dude run an offense and distribute the ball like that since hmm. Chris Paul. Mm. Who gets – he's getting 13 assists a game with bums, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to tune in for uh, – I'm I'm definitely going to have to.
1: they beat the Sixers the other day too. Um, and we're just talking about how good the Sixers are. They're one of the two Sixers losses.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to tune in to – to some of the Pacers' Pacers' games, because I mean, I gotta I gotta see this for myself here. But it, it it's still so early in Ooh. the NBA season, and this whole like in season ter- like I, I can't even follow this, right, man. man. I can't right, even man. follow this. Like I don't know, like I it, there's no there's no parity to it. Like I I don't really care who wins, who loses. Like it's it's it honestly, I feel like it means nothing to the players, to be honest. Like it's I feel like it has potential. Like the idea has potential to be something. But I feel like this whole thing is just like work in progress because right now it's just it's just there. You know what I'm saying? Like I and the I, courts are
1: awful, bro.
0: Yeah, the courts
1: I, make me want to poke my eyes. <laughs> like I can't even watch. How Some of them are pretty bad. On a full neon blue court, or like a. Purple court, like, what is this? This is like, yeah, today? like, I'm... I don't
0: know who approved that, but I mean, it's uh, look, I'm all for a cool court design, I love court designs, but like, this is this is too much. Yeah, the, the whole the, the Bulls one where it's like all red, red. or like, oh, is all light blue. It's it's weird, it's it's really weird. Like, it's it is literally worse than it's like putting Boise State's football field on a basketball court. It's just like, this is this just needs to be. Yeah, everyone just needs to I chill. I feel like with I'm that.
1: watching a video game with that. It's so Yes.
0: Yeah, it is it doesn't feel like a real NBA game. It doesn't. It really doesn't. So I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do there, man. But it's just yeah. It's a work in progress. And I think we'll kind of leave it at that. But still a lot, to, a lot to digest in the NBA season. It's still way too early mm-hmm. um, to really say anything with that. But there are definitely some things that I think we're not surprised about. And think obviously the three teams for me that not surprised at all that are leading their conferences. Denver, Philadelphia, Boston, not even a question. I think we all expected that to happen. Milwaukee's a little banged up. Milwaukee, when they get healthier, they need to get a little bit better defensively. I think they'll be fine. They'll come back. Um, they'll get back up into the rankings in the Eastern Conference eventually.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the only one, is, I just didn't think Philly was going to be this good. Um, but, dude, I mean, that's. That's what you... uh, I picked those three guys because I think those three guys are kind of sustainable in what they're doing right now. Um, It's not like, you know, how we just kind of see, like, the one rookie dude or whoever dude go off for five games. But these three are kind of at that point where they should be entering their prime years. So... uh, Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold it up.
0: Says a lot about James Harden, too. Honestly, that the the Sixers are thriving and the Clippers are not. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so let's let's get to the gridiron, and I think we gotta start with some some big some key headlines here, and I think we gotta start with the big news that came out of Cleveland today. Deshaun Watson, who came off of probably his most impressive start as a Cleveland Brown on Sunday, and I was ready to come on here after that game, and be like, oh, "Yo, the Browns! Like th- this team is way better than I thought. If Watson keeps this up and this defense, like." The Browns are going to be a problem, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. Then today comes, and Deshaun Watson follows that start up with, he is now out for the season with a shoulder injury. And Deshaun Watson has already been in and out of the lineup starting from week one till now. This is a disaster at the quarterback position, man. Cleveland has a team that is good enough to make a playoff run. I know we did our whole contender-pretender thing last week. You don't think the Browns are as good. I think the Browns are pretty good, but losing Deshaun Watson for the season's a huge freaking blow. They put all their eggs in one basket and they're sitting at six and three. They still have this elite defense. They're kind of in the same boat as the jets are, except here's the thing. I think the Browns have a better backup quarterback than the jets did when Rodgers went down.
1: Yeah. DT- I think DTR is pretty good. Um, but like, like you said, this is a championship level defense, um, and offensively, like that team is not even a, like they're not good at all. So like, it's not even like DTR can step by and, and they hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Yeah, um, you know what I
0: yeah.
1: mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and Deshaun Watson was playing like he was not good, dude. To be like he is not good outside Honestly, of last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week he was he was pretty good. I mean. Dude, it started off with that pick six that he threw that got bad. And then I was like, mm. oh, my God, dude, Deshaun Watson is awful. And, he's, dude, he's been bad this whole whole year. But yep, yep. Um, what you can't, like, even regardless, he's not Deshaun Watson from a couple years ago, you can trust him more than a rookie quarterback to, like, not mm. do something dumb. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I feel like the biggest thing here is, Josh Dobbs was their backup quarterback going into the year. How mm. perfect would that have been if he was still on the squad right now?
0: True, true. But, I I, I mean, I look at Cleveland, and I think, yeah, DCR has a lot of potential. And I got to say, P.J. Walker, I thought, was great when he stepped in for Cleveland in the starts that he did. I'm kind of surprised that he's not getting the call to start this weekend against Pittsburgh, and it's DTR instead. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of shocked that they're going in that direction, I would have given it to Philip Walker. I think he's playing better football for Cleveland. And I think Cleveland has a better shot with him. But Stefanski seems like he wants to roll the dice with DTR. They did that once this season, and they got destroyed by Baltimore. Philip Walker comes in, starts the next week, knocks off the 49ers, hands them their first loss of the season, goes toe-to-toe with Indy, and wins that game in a shootout. And then barely lost to Seattle after that. So, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Cleveland's got a they got a big decision to make here and it seems like they want to roll the dice with with young DTR.
1: Yeah, no, dude. I mean any any other team I would I would go DTR, but yeah, you make a good case like you all you got to do is just be a game manager at this point. We're not here to develop DTR with this good of a uh, a roster around them, right? It's more like Let's try and win as many games as possible. Not DTR. We're allowing you to make stupid mistakes. They're not going to allow them to play freely and make those developmental mistakes. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, you're you're spot on with that, dude.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Like, if if things go downhill on Sunday against Pittsburgh, like, are we going to see? them benched ECR and end up going with PJ Walker. Like I don't, I don't know Are what we're gonna was, stick
1: it out through the growing pains with a rookie quarterback. That's what I'm
0: saying. They're six and three right now. All you gotta do is win four more games, and I think the Browns have done enough to make the playoffs at that point. Having said that, I'm not gonna lie. I was saying I was I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm like, I think if there's a year that you win ten wins in the AFC and don't make the playoffs, it very well might be this season. Because it, it is loaded. It is absolutely loaded um, with the amount of teams that are above 500 in the AFC right now. When we look at their remaining schedule, it's it's not hard. Like, you got Pittsburgh this weekend. They're right in the thick of things. But I don't think the Steelers are as good as the record is. Denver's getting hot right now. That's a tough game going into Denver. Then you got the Rams. Eh. You got Jacksonville, Chicago. Houston's playing really good ball. The Jets and then the Bengals
1: to end the year.
0: I think the Browns could pull off three, four wins there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just depends. Though, like, you know, like uh, some of those places are, I would consider them like kind of even with a lot of those teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying right now. I think it. It's. I think this is gonna ultimately come down to Kevin Stefanski and making his decision at the quarterback position because if you start DTR and he plays well, then good. Then, then, then you're going to, you know, things should go smoothly. Your defense is going to ball. You're able to move the football. That's good. But if not, then you got a flip-flop between him and, and P.J. Walker. I don't know. I feel like P.J. Walker's kind of earned his spot at the quarterback. But that's just my opinion. It looks like DTR is going to start Sunday against Pittsburgh. So we'll see what happens there. But that was a really impressive win on Sunday against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I think they really asserted themselves in the conversation now of, like, Damn, like at first, Baltimore was up fourteen nothing, and I was like, "Here go the Ravens again. Ravens are gonna steamroll another good team. We're, you know, we're gonna come on the podcast this week and talk Ravens and be like, wow, the Ravens are up there, one of the best teams in the NFL, not even the AFC.' And then they, they, they blew that game. So I don't, I still don't really look at the Ravens that way. But for the Browns to come out with that win, and then you get this with Deshaun Watson. It's tough, man. It's, it's it's really tough for Cleveland. And for Baltimore, I still got to see more, man. I really do think highly of them. And I thought highly of them coming into the season. But to blow that lead to Cleveland, man, that is a tough, tough one. And this kind of goes back to what we are talking about last week about Lamar Jackson. Right? Lamar Jackson is still... He's really good. And then he's not really good. And we still haven't really seen Lamar Jackson of the past either. So... I, I think the Ravens, I mean, we said it last week, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. The Ravens will go as far as number eight takes them. That defense is disgusting. Now, they weren't great on Sunday. Give it up 33 points the Browns ain't very good. But on paper, and at times this season, this Ravens defense has looked unreal. So they're going to ball. But at some, at some point, it's going to come down to number eight when it, when it gets down. They're still 7-3. and three. They're still at the two seed right now. Um, but the Ravens definitely got some work to do before the postseason comes around.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. That's what we were saying. It's like he's gotta he's gonna be at a point where he's gotta make the points. You know, gotta it's not make the play. The defense yep. that's gonna yep. be making the plays. it going to be him. Um and there's a lot of these games that are gonna come down, like kind of this one, who's got the ball last. So you gotta you're the one getting all that money. You're the one that gotta make the play.
0: Hundred percent. Let's go to Orchard Park on Monday night. Um we got we got to talk Buffalo man cuz this is this is becoming one of the biggest stories of the NFL season right now. Um, the Bills are sitting at 5 and 5 coming off an absolutely brutal Monday night loss to the Broncos and the <laughs> the Broncos hey man this is a team that gave up 70 points against Miami and we're like what the hell is going on here and all of a sudden the Broncos have beaten two of the best teams at least on paper in the AFC. They beat them both in back-to-back weeks. They've won three in a row. And the Broncos are looking good, man. I mean, they got a tough schedule to end the year. But Sean Payton's got these boys playing hard now. And Russell Wilson's looking a little more like Russell Wilson. Having said that, this is about Buffalo. I mean, yes, it was an impressive win by Denver. No question. But Buffalo should have won this game. It's not even close. You turn the ball over four times. I know what I want to talk about here, and I know Ken Dorsey got fired, who was the offensive coordinator. But, dude, we got to talk about Josh Allen. Like, there's no way I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this game, be like, oh, James Cook fumbled a ball on the first play, and you know they ball security, whatever. Uh-uh. We got to talk Josh Allen. I think Ken Dorsey wasn't great. I don't think he was awful, but I don't think he was great. Do I think he got slightly scapegoated? Yes. Do I think he deserved to get fired? Yeah, you you can make a case either way, but do I think he got slightly scapegoated? I, I do because I think at the end of the day, if you are a star quarterback, this dude like it, B. We haven't talked about the Madden Curse in a while, man. I I, was I mean the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Lord have mercy. I don't know what's going on with Josh Allen. I literally the dude just cannot help himself. He's handing out turnovers like it's just, like, like it's like it's like it's free stuff. He's like, here we turn over for you, turnover for you, turn, like it, it's it's getting out of hand
1: now for this guy. Dude, and it's been like that on the lows his whole career. Like, um I mean when he was with Brian Dable, like he was still turning the ball over, but I think he was just so like he more than made up for it in a lot of those games. You know what I mean? It was like, you know what, we're, we're cool with you turning the ball over because if that's not a pick, that's a 70-yard touchdown. You know what I'm saying? That's cool yep. if you can walk that line. But the end of last year and this year, it's just like he's not making any of those plays anymore, and he's only he's still turning the ball over. Like this is a thing you shouldn't be doing this far into your career now where a couple years ago we're like some people were putting them over. Patrick Mahomes, dude, people were putting them over. And now it's like he hasn't learned to not turn the ball over. His, like, explosive plays kind of have gone down, dude. Like, the last couple of weeks you scored 14 against the Giants. You lose to the Patriots. You scored 24 against Tampa, 18 against Cincy, and then 22 against Denver. Like, You're not even sniffing, like, an explosive offensive game in any of your last five games, basically. Um, Even back before that, 20 against the Jaguars. Like, your last explosive game was that Miami one. Um, But, dude, I don't even know. Madden Curse, Monstars taking his powers. I don't know what happened because this is – like, he was literally toe-to-toe with Mahomes, like, two years ago when we're like, they're going to rule the league – years and then it's just like i don't know what like i honestly don't i know last year he had that like elbow thing and people are like oh is it the elbow i don't know i mean it's just bizarre super bizarre
0: yeah it's it is it is a joke man i don't know i don't know what's going on i mean we are in week 10 of the NFL season right now and Josh Allen has turned the ball over 11 times, 11 interceptions. He's fumbled the ball a few times. I think he's got, he, he has turned the ball over the most in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just awful. What, what is going on with Josh Allen and the bills right now, but it starts with him. Like I look at him as like, you're the quarterback of this team. You are supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're supposed to be the leader of your team. You cannot turn the ball over like this consistently. First play of the game against your Patriots, throws an interception. First quarter against the Broncos, throws an interception. Like, dude literally just can't help himself. It's like, I got to get my interception in and out the way. But then he does it again and again and again and again. And it's like, dude, like, our defense is already struggling this can't keep happening. You know what I'm saying? And he just keep continues to keep doing it. I don't know what's going on here. Stephon Diggs got shut down. He only had three catches for 34 yards. Like, this is, I think, a combination of everything here. I think the Bills' offense as a whole has not been good. The Bills' Josh Allen himself is not playing good football. And their offense as a whole has not been great. You, you just said it. You look, since week four against the Dolphins, when they blew them out 48-20, they lost the Jacksonville 25-20, they lost the year Patriots 29-25, they lost the Bengals 24-18, and they lost the Broncos 24-22. And the two games that they won were against the Giants 14-9, and the Buccaneers 24-18, in which the Buccaneers could have actually won that game. I don't know what the hell is going on with the Bills, but since week four, they've been awful. Like, they have not been a good football team at all. And who do they have coming up? The Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. To end the season. That is the rest of the way. And you're telling me this team has got to win five games. They got to win five of those games that I just listed to get to 10 wins on the Mm -hmm. season. I do not. I think Buffalo's playoff hopes, this is not even a hot ticket at this point, Buffalo's playoff hopes are in deep you-know-what right now. It is like, on red alert, they gotta go on a crazy streak, and they gotta win like five in a row, they have gotta get their act together, and it's not gonna be easy when they gotta go to the link to play Philly, they gotta go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs, they gotta go to SoFi and play the Chargers, Then they got the Cowboys coming in, this Jets defense is rocking and rolling, I don't, I don't know, man, but it is not looking good for the Buffalo Bills right now.
1: Dude, that's a great, like, I can't even find five of those at the win, like Right? Like, even the Jets, like, the Jets will play them tough. Like, I can't just chalk that up as the Bills. They beat the them dead.
0: already. Like, the Jets and, are going to come in this game and be like, we beat you with Zach and, Wilson. And, Why can't we do it again?
1: And that's the same case when they play the Patriots, too. Um, and those are the two easy ones. Um, but then like Miami's definitely looking for their revenge after getting blown out Uh, and Philly Casey and, and the Cowboys and even the Chargers are are better than them right now. So it's, it's great, but this is what I'm saying. I don't know how you go from week two, three, four, you score 38, 37 and 48. And then what the hell happens after that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how were you so like, I I don't get that dude at all. Like, what happened from week four to week five, and now it's just carrying over like that?
0: Yeah, it's just oh man, I don't I don't even know, man. But it's just it, like I said, I think this is one of those things where I know Garrett Wilson held a players only meeting with the Jets this weekend. Somebody has got to hold a players only meeting with the Bills, like ASAP. And honestly. This ultimately be comes Josh down. This Josh Allen's got to do it. Yeah, or Diggs or something. Like, somebody has to do it. And, yeah, Josh Allen would be the guy to do it, man. He's the leader. He's the captain. He's got to do it. And, honestly, I'm putting a lot more on Sean McDermott. I know I've talked so highly of this dude over the years, and I do believe he is one of the best coaches in the NFL. But this ultimately got to come down to coaching. Like, I say that all the time when the Niners are struggling. I put a lot on Kyle Shanahan. And why shouldn't you put a lot on the head coach? And there's a reason why you you talk about Kansas City. Kansas City goes through their struggles, but you never see that team struggle consistently. Andy Reid is constantly on their ass, and that is what good coaches do. Same thing with the Seahawks. The Seahawks don't have a a, a great roster on paper, but they don't struggle for long. They got a great head coach in Pete Carroll, and it just bugged me to even say that. But it's the truth. Buffalo right now, Sean McDermott's got to step up. Josh Allen's got to step up. Everybody's got to step up. Stefan, like everybody has to step up here, not just on the field, but off the field. They got to friggin' get their shit together and be like, if we want to assert ourselves as back in the conversation of one of the best teams in the AFC, we got to start winning these games and we got to start, we got to stop turning the ball over. We got to stop doing dumb penalties because guess what? That 12 men on the field, that's not Josh Allen's fault. That is a coaching problem. That is a stat. Like they, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's
0: a. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. And the worst part is Lutz missed the field goal. That's what makes it even worse. It's not like he got it and okay, we got another. No, he missed it, and then you give him another shot, and then he hits it, and then you lose. Like
1: that's Buffalo for you.
0: Like. I put a lot on Josh Allen. Like, he has to shore up the turnovers. Like, that is not a Ken Dorsey problem. That is a Josh Allen problem. But for Buffalo as a team, everybody's got to step up right now. And I don't know. It's just, it's not looking good. And I don't think the Bills, yeah, it's just, it, it's it's not looking good for the Buffalo Bills right now, man. Um, and I don't know where they're going to go from here, but it's going to be very interesting. Um, sticking in the AFC, Houston-Cincinnati, what a holy, game by the Houston holy. Texans. What a freaking game. I knew they were going to come in and maybe give Cincy a run for their money, but I didn't think they were actually going to pull it off. And I got to tell you right now, I got to say it one time and I can say it more. D'Amico, my guy, this dude right now, Coach year. Coach of the year, D'Amico Ryans, right now. Right now, if I had to pick a coach of the year, I'm picking D'Amico Ryans. And if they keep this up, he's going to win it. CJ Stroud is well on his way to Offensive Rookie of the Year. The Texans, I knew they were going to be good. I didn't think they were going to be great. I knew they weren't going to be bad. But I liked what where the they were going. I did not think they were going to be 5-4 and four midway through the season. And I definitely did not think that we were going to be talking about Playoff chances in week 11 for the Houston Texans. But, hey, they are right there. They're playing good football. And C.J. Stroud, as a rookie, is is playing at a really, really, really high level. And he is putting this team in position to win. And not only that, but it was really dark for Houston when Deshaun Watson was traded and the whole Watson situation went on. That was really brutal because Houston's never had a franchise quarterback until they had Deshaun Watson. And Houston was really good during that time. Then the Watson situation just went to complete trash. They didn't have a quarterback. Now you have CJ Stroud. If you're a Texans fan, you got to be sitting in your like, I did not think we would have this feeling for a while. To have this feeling now, we got a good new head coach in the building. We got a new quarterback in the building. And they're playing. Real, they're coaching really well. They're playing really well. The defense is playing. You know, the defense is going to play well because D'Amico and his background with, with good defense is like he was with San Francisco. But this is a huge. This was a culture-defining win to beat the Bengals on the road,
1: dude. And it was. Did you see that last drive that CJ put? See, like he's putting like <sighs> awesome last last drive games like every week now, dude. And it's like that is what, dude. In it, like, I've freaking been looking for that, like, just one of those from freaking Mac Jones, but I'm saying, dude, CJ has been doing it, like, he, I feel like I've already seen this dude do that last drive five times this year, like, he is that guy, I can't tell you, like, think about how how many quarterbacks realistically can you say for sure have had a better year than him, like, dude, he's right up there with any quarterback you can name in the league, right now, and it's like, especially in the year where we've talked about how bad most quarterbacks have been this year. Everybody's kind of offenses down, whatever, whatever. Dude, he's lighting it up. And he's got all the moxie and all the careers. Like, dude, it is, if you – that is a franchise right there. That is a freaking franchise. It is, like, honestly unbelievable how he wasn't – I mean, I know he was, where he was drafted and all that, but nobody was really saying him, like, that's a franchise franchise guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even though he was drafted high, people thought it was going to be good, but this is like has definitely exceeded everybody's expectation. It's crazy how good he is so fast. It's it
0: and look and I. I like to I like to at least put a little bit of light on on some of my preseason predictions, and I did talk fairly high about Houston. You thought it was crazy when I was saying, but I, I didn't think Houston was going to be this good. I just knew they were going to be scrappy, and I knew they were a team that you wouldn't want to play late in the year. But they have exceeded I think everyone's expectations thus far with how well they're playing. Um, I know the Bengals did not have T. Higgins on the day. I know Jamar Chase was a little bit banged up as well, but man, oh man, they were. They like this was this was just a big win for the Texans. Like I'm not even going to stay here and be like this was anything bad about the Bengals. And by the way, Noah Brown has been going off the last two weeks, going for a hundred plus the last two weeks against Tampa and, and Cincinnati. And
1: Dell had a couple games early in the year. Like, yep, that's the really impressive part about CJ too. Is like, what the hell? Where did these guys come from? You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like. He's throwing to Jamar Chase or any of those kind of guys. It's like, he's he's doing this with the guys he has. Like, it ain't like, you know what I mean? He's not got elite talent there, but he's making them look like it.
0: Yeah, it's and that's what makes it more impressive. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's
1: what, how you know it's a franchise guy.
0: A 100%. And Devin Singletary might have had the best game of his career. 30 carries for 150 yards. Um, it, it's a tough one for Joe Burrow and he turned the ball over twice in this game too. It's a tough loss for the Bengals who were just getting hot and now they got to play on a short week against Baltimore on Thursday night, but the Bengals, I'm not too worried about. I would just say, I would just chop it up to, that's just a really tough loss for the Bengals, but this is all about Houston right now. With how well they played, the Bengals got a tough stretch coming up. They got Ravens, Steelers, Jaguars, Colts, Vikings, and then they got Chiefs and Browns later on. So things are getting a little tough for Cincy. But I know you and I, when when you got to count on somebody to show up, you know Joey B's gonna be there and he's gonna show up when you need him to be. So I'm not too worried about the Bengals. But you look at the Texans' schedule. The Texans, though, hey man, they got Arizona, Jacksonville. Denver, Jets, Titans twice, Indy, Cleveland, the Texans could do it.
1: Oh, winnable. Games. They
0: could do it. They could do it, man. They could do it. And I, they, I honestly, think if the Texans make the playoffs, there's been some good Coach of the Year candidates, but I, I don't see a reason as to why Domico Ryan's does not win Coach of the Year if the Texans make the playoffs. Come on, man. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Um, but heck of a win there um, for Houston. Sticking with defenses, uh, let's let's go to my Niners who came back off the bye week and absolutely destroyed Jacksonville. Thank God, thank God. Dude, I but, know you
1: were stressing leading up to that. Like, oh, we're
0: back to normal. I knew they would be back to normal, but it was just nice to finally see it. Everybody can shut up now. We don't have to talk about this three-game losing skid. The offense was back to normal. Purdy's the man. That first touchdown, to Ayuk was a little questionable. But mm-hmm. other than that, Brock looked back to normal. He got the ball to his guys. Everybody got involved. And the defense the defense was incredible. Adding Chase Young to this defense worked beautifully. Him and Bosa are going to be a problem. It opened things up in the middle for Hargrave and Armstead. And Fred Warner was unbelievable on the day. The defense looked back to normal. Steve Wilkes going to the sidelines probably helped a little bit, but I'm glad I can exhale now. They got the Buccaneers on Sunday. That should be a slap, but then after that, we got Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle. Huge three-game stretch coming up after this week against Tampa Bay. Um, But the Jaguars, bro, it was a hey, man. I think we got to press pause on the Jaguars for a second, though.
1: Yeah, I guess we do. They haven't I mean, they haven't been – like, I know they were one of the hottest teams in the league, but, like, they weren't – like, their wins were always, like – like, they weren't really – I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get they were one of the hottest teams and all that, and they won, whatever, five, six in a row. But I never felt like – it was like they stamped the league kind of stuff with that win streak. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's – like – Jacksonville, here's the thing. If they
1: beat your Niners, that's the stamp on the league. Okay, now they're here kind of stuff. But it was like, yeah, you know, they're kind of winning games that they were supposed to win and whatever and just kind of taking care of business and nothing crazy was being done, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, But here's the thing with Jacksonville, and I know that. And this defense is really good. They just had a a brutal day at the office. But I think this offense that was struggling earlier in the season, they did not look good. I know they were against a really good defense, but at the bare minimum, like, if you were that good, you're going to put up a fight. And Jacksonville had no answers for this Niners defense whatsoever. And I feel like if you want to put yourself in that conversation, one of the better teams in the AFC at least put up a fight. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even put up a fight. And I think you got to credit the Niners' defense for that. But when I look at the Jaguars, not even this game against San Francisco, but even prior to, the Jaguars, like, their offense hasn't really done anything. They've outside, like, maybe two games. Like, they haven't done anything that crazy. So... There's a lot of,
1: like... Yeah, we won, but, like... uh, You know? Like, it's not, like... That's what I've been trying to say. Like... they haven't set the world on fire in
0: anything no, at all. No. And I and I agree. I agree with that. They really haven't. And I think we gotta that's where I'm saying. I think we gotta pause on the Jaguars hype just a little bit until we really see something from this offense. They got some big games coming up though. They got Cincy, they got Baltimore, they got they they got some big games down the stretch here. Um where they're where they're gonna need to show up. And I think there'll be big opportunities for Jacksonville to put themselves back in that conversation. But hey. Houston is nipping at the heels for the division right now. And if Jacksonville Mm. keeps struggling, they play each other in, in not this week, but the week after, they play each other in Houston. Hey, man. Like, things things could get a little dicey in the AFC South. And the Colts are also sitting there at 5. The Colts are nowhere near as good as Houston and Jacksonville. But they're somehow finding a way to win games, and they're sitting there at 5 and 5 too. So this is not a lock for Jacksonville just yet in the AFC South. I'm um, rounding out the Week Ten scores. The Lions, what a game this was against the Chargers, 41-38 at the buzzer. What a ball game! And the Chargers once again lose another heartbreaker at the buzzer. There, the Lions win that one, 41-38. Raiders beat the Jets on Sunday night, 16 to 12. It's just, it's becoming the same movie every single week for the New York Jets. Like every single time you turn it, and it's just it's the same episode on repeat of the same series. Like the Jets are in this stupid thirteen to ten game. Their offense can't do anything. Their defense is playing lights out, and they still can't win a football game. And they end up losing by a field goal. I don't know when Robert Sala is gonna look at himself and being like, "We need somebody else that can produce six points at the bare minimum on offense to try and put us in position to win games." I don't know when that's going to happen, and yet the Raiders are now two and zero without Josh McDaniels.
1: Dude, I don't know what he's doing. It's it, honestly, I'm surprised. Like he, like he hasn't gotten canned yet, to be honest. Because last year he was sticking with Jack Wilson to a fault. This year he's been sticking with him to a fault, and it's like, dude, nobody in that locker room. We said it for like the whole like nobody in that locker room believes him in him at all. And it's like. Dude, as a coach, like I get, you gotta ride for your guy, but like, you're sticking your neck out for somebody that's not, you know what I mean? Like, all right, I guess you're gonna go down with him. That's, I guess that that's what he's saying. He's like, no, that's my guy. I'm going down with him. But dude, like, I don't know, man. You, what could you possibly think the next dude is gonna do worse than this? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and that's like. Look, I love Robert Sala. You know, the, like, I I, think the world of him. I think he's an amazing coach, an amazing leader. But right now, what the hell is he doing? Like, I just, like, I know it's hurting him, too. Like, I, every single time I've watched the Jets game this season, and I, every time they, the camera goes on Robert Sala's face, it's the same face he's making Everything, and And I can just read it. Like, in his head, he's thinking, what the actual F? He's like, our offense can't do anything anything. We can't move the ball. We're kicking field goals. Greg Zerline is like our only source of points at this moment in time. Like, w- w- is it really going to kill you to throw in Trevor Simeon Dude, for a
1: little bit? A little bit? He's a defense guy, right? He probably just likes... He just probably like, as a fan, he just likes watching his defense play the whole game. So he's just like, hey, Zach Wilson, three and out. Alright, I get to watch my He is, but one. at like, the end
0: of the day, it's like... <laughs> it's like... You, look... I know what they're obviously what the Jets are hoping for a miracle where, all right, guys, let's just stick around till December. Hope for a miracle that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and lead us to the playoffs, and we're going to get the dream season that we all thought it was. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing with the way that they're going right now, they're going to be out of playoff contention before Aaron Rodgers can even can even sniff the football field. They got to start winning some of these games. That they literally should, like, they've been in almost every game that they've been in. It's not like they're getting killed or anything, but I'd, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not, it's not looking good for the Jets right now. Like, they need to do something at the quarterback position. I don't know why they keep letting Zach Wilson get these opportunities, because it's not helping them. It's not helping them at all. Like, they haven't done anything. Like, they they scored six points on offense against the Chargers, 12 against the Raiders, 13 against the Giants. 20 against the Eagles. Like, this offense has been awful all year long. I don't understand how this has happened. And they got the Bills and Dolphins coming up. And they got the Texans in there. The Browns in there. Ah, yay, yay. I don't know what to say about that. Cowboys destroyed the Giants 49-17. Seahawks beat the Commanders at the buzzer 29-26. Cardinals and Kyler Murray's return beat the Falcons also at the buzzer. 25-23. Bucks beat the Titans 20-6. The Josh Dobbs story continues and the Vikings knock off the Saints 27-19. Steelers over the Packers 23-19. Bears over the Panthers 16-13 and B, the Patriots in just a a ridiculous slugfest against Indy in Frankfurt. Colts win 10-6.
1: Man, I'm sorry, all you guys had to watch that shit at 9:30. Right. I
0: did not tune in. So you ain't got to apologies to me. I did not uh, tune in. Uh,
1: I don't blame you, man. I would. <laughs> but um, dude, you at least saw the end of the game, right? I mean, or saw it on Twitter or something. Because, yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, the crazy part was the last two drives. Like the Patriots were actually d- driving the ball. And they were just running the hell out of it. And then Mac Jones threw one of the worst picks I've ever seen at the end of the game. And then what's even crazier is Belichick's got, like, for you to get pulled with a two-minute drill left means it's like, oh, my God. Like, we act, like think about the dude that's been sitting on the bench all game who has to come in in a two-minute drill with no timeouts to win the game. How impossible that is. And then he's like, no, we still have a better chance with you to do that than Mac. Like that, I mean, shoot, I don't know. They're on a bye this week, so figure out who the starter is next week. But I've been, uh, you know, I've been watching a little bit of college football this, this year, so I got I got who I know, who I want to mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. At some point, I think Mac, Mac might be toast, man. It's just, it's I not. He's yeah, he's he's done. And the Patriots, I mean, we all know there's going to be some sort of changes, but where they're going at the quarterback position, it's just, yeah, Mac's done. It's just not happening. you want to build... hear
1: a crazy stat, dude? Go for it. I saw this stat and it said teams that have rushed for over 150 yards and held their opponent to 10 points which is what the Patriots did. They rushed for over 150 yards, and they held the Colts to 10. They rushed for 167 yards. That team has won, like, something like 200 or something games in a row.
0: That's insane.
1: And the Patriots lost, holding their opponent to 10 points and rushing <sighs> for 167 yards.
0: That's, that is actually insane. I don't, I don't know, man. I really, I really don't know. That's, that's really tough. That's, that is really tough, but yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of changes in new England, but I mean, it's it's crazy to even think about that. The Patriots have the worst record in the AFC. Like that's just, it's a little, it's kind of weird to even say that out loud, to be honest, but there's a lot of changes coming up for them. Um, your week 10 winners.
1: Um, I got, I got, um, I got CJ. I got CJ. I think, um, Dude, they've been a winner for me like every week for the last couple like he's shown to me that he's one of the best guys in the league it doesn't matter if he's a rookie or not
0: yeah for me D'Amico Ryan's in the Houston Texans a 100% week 10 winner and I'm also gonna give some love here as a week 10 winner Dan freaking Campbell him rolling the dice at the end of that game when they could have just settled for three and he said no nah, no nah, we're going to milk the clock all the way down to go for it on fourth and whatever that was and get it. That is just so gutsy for him to do that. Dan Campbell, man, like this dude, like the way that he keeps calling these games, like, nah, screw it. We're going to go for the win. I love it. I respect it. Dan Campbell, Week 10 winner, and the Lions keep things rolling at 7-2. and You're Week 10 losers.
1: I think we got the same losers here. I, I got... I mean, Josh Allen and, and the Bills are the biggest losers of the week. Yep. That should be easy. Um, we talked about the Jets a little bit too. Like, come on, you you know, you got to start doing stuff. Um, those are the two that I, I hold as my, my biggest losers. I would say um, I don't really count the Giants anymore because I, I think they're just, you know, it's not like they have any expectations going anymore, I think. So They're they're kind of separate from those other two teams.
0: Yeah, no, exactly that. My my Week 10 losers, yeah, I got... instead last week I gave the Bills the... Last week they were my, my Week 9 losers, so instead I'm just going to give it to the AFC East. The Dolphins were on a bye, so they get a pass here, but Bills, Jets, and the Patriots, like, AFC East, man, just... Worst brutal.
1: division in football
0: all of a sudden? We, we thought it was going to be one of the best divisions in football coming in the year. I mean, I swear this happens every time. Wasn't it last year we thought the, like the, West. the AFC West was going to be yeah. one of the best divisions ever, and it were garbage. And then this year we thought like, oh, the AFC is going to be a gauntlet, and it's just been... It, it's been awful. Like even Dude, Miami, awful. Miami's the best team in that division, but I they haven't, been yeah, that's the thing there too. So the AFC East, man, been really disappointing. And then I'm also going to throw in Christian McCaffrey as a Week 10 loser
1: uh, just because
0: his streak, yeah, his streak came to an end. They had a chance at the end there. Shanahan left him in with under five to play with all the backups to try and get him the record. And they could not punch it in. Um, the the streak in itself was just unbelievable, but I find it kind of funny that literally everybody got a touchdown, but McCaffrey on set. Usually it stops. Usually McCaffrey getting one, two touchdowns in a game. But yet Debo had a touchdown, Ayuk had a touchdown, Kittle had a touchdown, Juice had a touchdown. Like everybody had a touchdown except for McCaffrey. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, this one obviously is a joking matter, but I'm gonna put him as a week ten loser as well. Um, all right, week 10 prediction, or week 11 predictions, sorry, week 11 predictions. The slate's not as good as the week 10 one was. Week 10 slate was pretty good this week. Not as many appealing games, but I'd say the way it starts and the way it ends yeah. is yeah. very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Thursday night football, probably the best Thursday night of the year. Bengals, Ravens should be an awesome game tomorrow night. Who you got?
1: And both coming off of losses too, which is like makes this game really hard to call. Um, I'm going Bengals here, though. I, I feel like I still, I know they're five and four. I just still feel like the Bengals are the best team in that division. I still feel like they're going to find a way to win this division. I'm taking the Bengals here, um, 28-24. I think this is this is going to be a good ass game, though.
0: I think it's gonna be a great game. I think it's gonna be a great game. I think right now. Are the Ravens the better team? Yes. But right now, I trust the Bengals with the way they're playing. Give me the Bengals on the road, 23-20. I think the Bengals bounce back. Joe Burrow plays a good ball. I know T. Hagan's probably going to be out again, but I don't think the Bengals drop two in a row here. Um, Ravens go through a little bit of a drought. Give me the Bengals by three. Sunday, early games,
1: sticking in the AFC North, Steelers Browns. This is also a good game, dude. I I I'm going with the Steelers here, dude. And it's because that defense against D T R or whoever if PJ whoever comes in that the Steelers defense is too good against that rookie quarterback. Um give me the Steelers seventeen ten.
0: This is a tough one, man. I wanna take the Steelers. The Steelers are playing good, but for some reason, I just can't get away from the Browns. And they're at home. If this was at Pittsburgh, I'd probably lean the other way. But because it's in Cleveland, I feel like the Browns are going to find some way to slug this one out. Give me the Browns, 21-17. Chargers head to Lambeau to take on the struggling Packers.
1: Um, give me the Packers. Uh, really? I think, dude, I don't know, like... You're gonna see, a, I think you're gonna see a different Chargers team this week than you saw last week. Uh. Going to Lambeau, I think it's gonna be a mucky game. Uh, give me the Packers twenty to thirteen.
0: Wow, if that happens, I I don't even know what to say for the, for the Chargers, man. Because the Packers offense has been a disastrous all season long, and I and I think if the Chargers were to choke this one away, I'd, again, it goes back to the question at what point do you call it quits on Brandon Staley? I just don't, I, I I don't get it. And I don't think, and I, I think they are able to get it done this time, because I just think the, the Packers are struggling, like they, they just can't get anything going on offense. Give me the Chargers, 26-17. Titans at the Jaguars.
1: Uh, this is an interesting one too. I could see this one kind of going either way. Uh, I think the Jags here um, you know, get bounce back game, get right. Um twenty four twenty. Offense still doesn't look great though.
0: Facts. Um, give me the Jaguars in this one, twenty four sixteen. It's gonna be ugly, but they're at home. I think they do bounce back. The Titans are kind of struggling right now. So I'll take the Jags in this one. Cowboys, Panthers.
1: Cowboys big time. They love to beat up on these bad teams. I got them forty to ten
0: yeah like the the Cowboys this is what I don't understand they blow out the Giants on on Sunday and everyone's like oh my god see the Cowboys like they, so amazing they're blowing out garbage teams yeah they, they they blow the doors off the Rams they blow the doors off the Giants like give me a break like let, let's see them do it again they play the Panthers on Sunday who cares give me the Cowboys though in this one 30 to 14 Bears at the Lions
1: uh, I got the Lions. I think Justin Fields should be back for this one. So this one could actually be a little bit exciting. But um, give me the Lions, 28-14. Uh,
0: yeah, I like the Lions. Yeah, Justin Fields is expected to return. So that should be a big boost for the Bears. But give me the Lions, 34-20 to 20 at home. Cardinals, Texans.
1: Uh, I'm rolling with the Texans here, man. I Honestly, they're becoming one of my favorite teams to watch, dude. Like, is CJ, just so good. Um, give me them,
0: 31-17. I'm going to take the Texans here at home, 28-23. But I think Kyler, Kyler coming back, I do think the Cardinals going to be a little bit more scrappier, as we saw last week. And I think it's a pretty good quarterback matchup. You know, Kyler against mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, two entertaining quarterbacks. But I like the Texans at home by five. Raiders go to Miami, and I think this is where the Antonio Pierce train reaches a bit of a halt.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. Yeah.
0: Um, I
1: think Raiders are going to fight tough in this one. Um, I got I got the Dolphins in this one, um, 27-24.
0: Usually the way the script goes here with an interim head coach and when things are rolling and then you play a talented team like the Dolphins, you're going to get curb stomped. And that's what I think is going to happen. Now, if this game goes the way that you think it's going to go, I'm still going to come out here next week and be like, the, that's really impressive. If the Raiders are able to hang with the Dolphins, I would be very impressed. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I just, again, it's just on paper. I just, the Dolphins are so much more talented than the Raiders are. And they're at home. Dolphins need to bounce back win and they get it. 32-16. Giants commanders.
1: Oh God. Uh, give me the <laughs> commanders in this one. Uh, 20-14. Uh, that Giants offense is unwatchable.
0: Garbage absolute garbage. Um, give me give me the commanders all day in this one, 24 to 10. Um, the commanders just got to learn how to win. They got to learn how to win. Sam Howell's been really impressive all year long, but they just they for some reason have a hard time putting games away. And that is the reason why I think they're 4 and 5, 4 and 6, whatever the hell they are. Um, but give me the commanders in this one at home by 14.
1: Uh, late games on Sunday, Buccaneers, Niners. Um, niners, 34, 23. I think Bucks hang around for a second, and then it's bad.
0: Yeah, Baker probably gets off to a good start, and then it's going to be all downhill from there. Give me the Niners back at home, 31-17. Seahawks-Rams.
1: Oh, I got the Seahawks in this one. Um, 23-17, nothing crazy happening in the
0: I don't know who's starting this game for the Rams. Is Rippon starting? Is Wentz starting? Is Stafford starting? Is McVay starting? I I don't know who's starting for the Rams. So give me the Seahawks, 30 to 26. Jets, Pills. Oh, boy. This is is a game that, honestly, I feel like I could care less to watch. But I'm probably going to tune in anyways. Just because Please. both teams are so entertaining in the worst way possible Wait. right now. Yes.
1: I'm definitely going to be watching this and talking so much crap about both of these teams while I watch it. Like, they, you can't tell me whatever happens in this game, neither of the teams are going to look good. I'm convinced. 100%. Give me, give me the Bills 20-9. to 9.
0: It's it's the same script with the Jets every single time, every single time, 13 to 10, 15 to 12, 16, 13, 19, 16, just pick a um,
1: multiple of three.
0: And you get yes, score. yes. Literally, basically. And you know what? I am going to take a multiple of three. Give me the pills. 1916. This is going to come down to a game where Josh Allen's going to be like, no, you take it. And then Zach Wilson's going to be like, no, 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 you take it. And then Josh Allen's going to say, no, 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 you take it. And then it's going to go back and forth, back and forth, and see which defense can get more stops. And that's going to end up winning. And I get what? Tyler Bass and Greg Zerline. if you got either of those two on your fantasy team, they are going to have a day, because it's going to be a kicking duel between Tyler Bass and Greg Zerlein. There's going to
1: be a turnover, puts them in, and field goal range, and then none of them will do anything from
0: there. 100%, yeah. You might get a safety, you might get a, you know, a, a- a fumble off a punt, a blocked punt for touchdown. Special teams, man, just anything but offense in this game. Anything but offense is going to feature in this game, and we probably might get an angry Sean McDermott or Robert Sala on the sideline as well. Give me the Bills by three, and best of luck to Jim Nance and Tony Romo calling this game. Vikings Broncos Sunday night, which honestly went from being why I the hell, why the hell are they keeping us in Sunday night? And then all of a sudden, Josh Dobbs and Russell Wilson just saved NBC from all their
1: ratings. It's kind of solid. I gotta say this: if Josh Dobbs pulls this game off um, Sunday night in in Mile High, that would be super impressive. That would. Um, I, I just have a. I think the Vikings are a better team. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can pull it off three weeks in a row. I think there's. I just don't think so again. And the Broncos, they, um, their spirits are kind of high. Um, I'm gonna take the Broncos 23-17. I want the Vikings to win, though. I want it to keep going. Broncos
0: or sorry, not Broncos, Vikings, winners of five in a row, winners of six of their last seven. They're on a roll right now. And the Broncos have won three in a row coming back home. The Vikings are the better team. However, prime time, Broncos have won three in a row in the mile high in prime time. That is a tough freaking place to play, and I think the Broncos Mm -hmm. end up squeezing it out barely, 27-24. But this should actually, yeah, like you said, this ended up going from a garbage game into two of the hottest teams in the league. Vikings have won five in a row. Broncos have won three in a row. Hey, all of a sudden, you got yourself a ball game. Um, Give me Denver by three, and they keep it rolling. And then Monday night, We get a Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. The Eagles head to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs in a rematch of the Super Bowl last year.
1: Yeah, I'm running it back, too. I got the Chiefs in this one. Um, 28-24. This is going to be a good game. I don't love the way either of these teams have looked like. So it's going to be, I think, poorer quality than the, the name suggests in this game.
0: Probably gonna get a little Taylor Swift action in this game too. Have to. Super Bowl, Super Bowl rematch Monday night. You know she's gonna be in the house for this one. This is, I can't stand either team. I gotta root for one of them and I'm gonna root for KC because I need Philly to lose. I need them to lose. I hate this because I hate KC. They're so freaking annoying. Give me the Chiefs. Give me Andy Reid. 34 31 against the Eagles. I need Philly to lose, so I'm gonna take KC in this one, but it should be a good game. It should be as much as I can't stand both of these damn teams. It should be a very good game though. Um, so give me the chiefs by three final thoughts. B.
1: No, nah, I mean, it's a weird, it's a weird week this week, but like you said, the, the Thursday and the Monday, some pretty good games. So hopefully we get, we get treated in those two.
0: Yeah. We, we got American Thanksgiving next week. So we got three games mm-hmm. slate for next week. And then a week 12 slate, which also should be good as well. So that'll do it. You guys know the drill. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And next week, we will recap week 11 in the NFL, and we'll get into all things that, probably some more headlines to to get to there, and same thing in the basketball world as well. We'll see you all next week. Tune in. Keep it locked. Got a lot more content coming your way. See you then. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.